Hey everybody, my name's Adam Browse. I'm Scott Moppin. And this is Solutions from the Multiverse, where we bring you a new solution every week to your happy, happy earballs. <laughs> so thanks for joining <laughs> us and come by each Tuesday morning. We'll have a new episode ready for you. Here we go. Ideas excite me. What doesn't excite you? Exercising. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, yesterday I put on all my exercise clothes. I was red, shoes, everything. And I was like at the front door and I was just like, I literally just cursed and was like, screw all of this. And I just like went back and just like laid around and ate potato chips. Sometimes that's <laughs> enough. That can count. You got your, you got all, everything on. You got to the door. That's enough. No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> my heart. Tell that to my heart. <laughs> Adam's heart. Sometimes that's enough. Oh, thank you. You looked right at my heart and said that. That was so sweet. My heart's like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think I'd like to go for a run occasionally. Yeah, I've Good been job, meaning heart. to spell. Job, heart. Been meaning to speak to you about putting directly putting cigarettes into your heart. Yeah, I don't I think that, I had that canula installed. It's not it's good. And the canula. when you don't have one in, the spurting the blood, blood that comes yeah. out it messes up some shirts. Sorry, I put a cork on there. A little cork, a little plug. <laughs> they have that the wine, like the corkscrew that solution today heart cannulas <laughs> with their own corks so like, that your heart can smoke. I feel like heart doctors are the ones who need to deliver the heart, the heart surgery solutions. I don't have enough heart doctoring in my background. I know, me neither. But I mean, we're not, a, we're not an expert podcast, right? We don't know. Maybe we are the best heart surgeons that have ever lived, we don't know because we haven't tried. It's not impossible. That's true. That's true. It could be that you just are like... A natural. Yeah, natural. I'm just a phenom. I'm a cardiovascular surgeon phenom. Yeah. phenom yeah. Who I'm just like, I just don't know. My hands just knew what to do as soon as they got inside of someone's chest cavity. I just That's knew what was That's a good superpower. Happening. That could be like a, like a Marvel or X-Man that we, don't, we have never heard of yet. Like... It this takes a guy. lot of trust to get someone to, yeah. to demonstrate. You're how like, would you find out that you had that? You're like, if you I, had that superpower. I swear to you, I have this power. You're no, just but how did you find to, it out? Tell me the origin story of this superhero. That's a boring thing. You don't want to know. This is not boring. It's the first time you accidentally performed heart surgery. What's, it must be like an accident, right? What small child doesn't stumble upon like a, a person with an open chest cavity needing some sort of high-level maybe, surgery? Maybe it's just exactly the, 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 the origin story of Batman. But instead of the parents dying, the boy like, like grabs the knife from the from the criminal and just does open heart surgery and saves his mother and father's lives. Yeah, like lives. The, the gun, <laughs> the bullet just barely misses yeah. something vital, and yeah. he's like, "I know what to do. I know I what can, to do. I can do this." And that starts. And then he just like does open heart surgery, and then he just and then it's like so swelling music and just his boyish bloody hands going up towards like the sky. <laughs> then we have this Tim Burton <laughs> movie called Doctor Man. Yeah, Doctor Man. This. Would- Wait, we're supposed to have a solution. Let's go in. Let's do this. Let's do it. We're okay. recording. Let's do it. Welcome, we're everybody. Re- yeah, welcome. Midway in. Everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is Solutions from the Multiverse. This is the podcast where every week we share a totally new idea that it may not be totally new, but it's way out of the mainstream. Like this is a very, very off the wall, preposterous. Someone said, oh, preposterous ideas you're not going to run into these if you're not listening to you're not going to run into these in your daily life no never these are new ideas think of it like old school ted 
This podcast is like old school TED where you actually heard a new idea every time you turned on a TED.com video. Now it's just like, it just says things that are kind of obvious when I listen to TED Talks. I think there was a switch where it went from being like a super prestigious thing to like uh, they just kind of franchised it and there were yeah. like lots of satellite things and lots of different levels and the brand just kind of became right, mixed right, up where right. it was like, I don't know, it's all tech. I can tell that story. I want to tell it on a different episode. Though, okay. Because I have deep knowledge of this. Cause Ooh, I, yeah, cause I, I did not. Yeah, because I did TEDx's before. Oh. I organized them. But anyways, but yes. So this is, po- this is, this is a podcast about totally fresh ideas about pro- and the problems are old but the idea the solutions are new so today what do we got today okay huh? here's the solution here's the solution there's been a lot of changes to language recently okay much of the vanguard of political activism and social activism has been around language i think that we should introduce some language for talking about wealth and poverty in with the same accuracy and the same sort of insistent vehement insistence that we see language insisted upon in other sort of areas we should insist on accurate language around wealth and poverty as well okay so I'll present three words that could be the beginning of this vocabulary that we kind of develop. And that's instead of saying the poor, the working, the middle class, the working class, the upper middle class, the wealthy, the rich, instead mm-hmm. of saying any of those, you just say three, there's just three simple buckets, the precariat, the salariat, and the owners. The prokaryot, the salariat, and the owners. Yeah, prokaryot. Yeah. I feel like I have a better grasp on one of those than the other two. I'm not going to tell you which of the three. I'll let that be your little guess. But the English word. Let's pretend the one like that's English I need already. all. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you found me out. You got it. Oh, damn it. So, what are pro, prokaryot and prokaryot? Prokaryot, like precarious. And what was the second one? Salariat. Salariat. Prokaryot yeah. and salariat. What are those? So it just they come from the words precarious and salary, right? Okay. So the people in the precariat are people who are precariously economically they're precariously positioned. So that generally means people who are tip workers, gig workers, hourly workers, day workers. They have no paid vacation, they have no benefits. You know, waiters, Uber drivers, you know, n- you know, people clean houses, you know. They probably also don't have like a large uh financial cushion in case of calamities Very or unlikely. catastrophes. Yeah, they're probably underinsured. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's the precariat. Right. And then the salariat are people who have salaries. They generally have paid days off, paid vacation, mm-hmm. you know, paid sick days. They have um benefits, benefits mm-hmm. dental, healthcare maybe, you know. And and that's like the salariat. And then there are the owners, which are people who just own things and they don't have to work because the things they own make enough money for them. They may work in the sense that they have to sort of manage what they own, but they don't actually work in the sense that they, you they're, know, actually they're not know. providing the labor that they're right. profiting. They're from. not getting paid for the I labor. They're just yeah. getting paid because their property makes money. You know, they're maybe they own a bunch of McDonald's or they own a bunch of homes or a bunch of buildings or 
or they own a bunch of stock and they're stockbrokers or they own, you know, or they're, they're owners. Just, yeah, there's an owner. They own yeah. a bunch of stuff and that stuff grows 8% a year or 20% a year. And they, if they you own a football own. team, you're not playing the game right. <laughs> every week, but you are benefiting right. from that team. You know, you're doing some right. sort of labor, but you're definitely not. I wouldn't stack you at the top of right. who's doing the most labor for this organization. Right. You know? right. It's not the labor that makes your money. It's because you, it's the fact that's by dint of owning it that yeah. you have your money. Yeah. So, so if we talked about society this way, I think, uh, yeah, I think a few things would happen. One thing is I think it's kind of demeaning to call people poor. Yeah. It's also incorrect. In so, historically speaking, because like even like the poorest person in our society who just like sits and panhandles like let's chronically poor, chronically homeless person sits and panhandles they have they can panhandle and get like even if they get 20 or 30 bucks they can go buy things that a prince of persia could never buy right like even the poorest people actually have a, they have resources just by mm-hmm. dint, just because they're in our society right and i'm not saying i'm not trying to lessen their experience i'm i'm actually in in favor of eradicating poverty completely but i think it's just strange to call them the poor when they're really just human beings first of all sure and and so yeah it's just i think it's a bad label it's the same way that illegal alien is a bad label because mm-hmm. it depri- it like lowers them as a human being right into this weird thing instead we say we say quite accurately, you know, undocumented immigrant. It's like, that's great. Well, the same thing should be done in terms of our discussions of poverty and wealth. Well, because poor is also a bucket that's so vague that that's not a thing that you could easily get out of. Like, right. what, where's the level where you go from not being poor or from it's being so poor vague. to not being poor? Right. Yeah. Where, you're not going to see that line. But right. if you've defined it differently, maybe there's a different line. Yeah. Well, you go from the precariat to the salariat. Right. For sure. You know, you're going to go from I have no benefits and I don't, I could be fired at the drop of a hat. Like they could just let go. Just say, well, you were cleaning my house. Now don't clean my house. You would get nothing. It would just be gone. The next, you know, like you just immediately well, lose everything. Maybe the following week has a holiday in it. So it's only four days. And if you're in the precariat, now you get paid for four days worth of exactly. work for that week. If you're in the salariat, you get paid a regular the same week, amount. no matter right, if it's a holiday right. or not. And if your kid's it's sick, you can just leave uh-huh. and you still get paid the same. But if you clean houses and your kid's sick, then you get paid less that week, which got that's the week you needed more because your kid was sick, uh-huh. right? Yep. So, so there's an inherent, like when you start to paint it really, use really accurate language, the reality starts to come forward really clearly to you, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm not, I think a lot of people get down on like political correctness and I, and I think there is something to that because of what could be called a politics of a politics of damage and a politics of um, a politics of deprivation. So if you're advocating a politics, like if you're engaging with the world and you're labeling everyone and framing everything as what damages everybody has had and what, what, what sort of, what problems they have and that's how you're then treating that's the most important part of their life and the most important part of their identity no one's going to respond positively to that mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's not a positive way to think about the world right because people who don't have any money or who are part of a like an underserved minority they also have aspirations about their life and they perceive their life not in a people don't perceive their lives as, as damaged People perceive their lives positively as like what their aspirations are and what they have achieved. Mm -hmm. So to have, so I agree with, I agree with criticisms of, of kind of political correctness, 
at the same time, I think it's important to use language that's very accurate. Yeah. Because well, because it, it, it kind of makes the scales fall off your eyes about the way the world works. And certainly useful. I mean, language is always evolving. It's one of the things about it. And it's evolving based on what's useful and what's needed. You know, like, language doesn't usually get created for funsies like it, it's right. it's a utilitarian thing that we're we're yeah. using language to communicate and so when the stuff when the language we have isn't adequate that's the time to start either changing it up right. or adding right. new things or or using terms in different ways and right. that's what we see happening yeah. over and over again and i think you're right the idea of like middle class what does it mean? It it is a yeah, it what is does a that mean? It's so yeah vague. it's a word without a definition anymore. Right, it used to have right. a definition and then got diluted, 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 and right, now it doesn't really right. mean anything. Same with poor. Like what? Yeah. I what does that what yeah. does that mean? Also, if you go even back another hundred years, proletariat. Like we don't have a proletariat. Right. For in our society, it doesn't make sense. You could say a working class. You could even be like a unionized factory worker. You're not a proletariat. You have a freaking iPhone. You know what I mean? Like the proletariat in the 1800s were like literally every day got up and worked in steel mills mm. every day, all day long. That was their whole lives. Yeah. That's different than someone who works at a unionized factory and has a good, maybe good benefits. Actually, they're members of the salariat, right? Because they're going to have good benefits. Sure. Gonna, you know, um, but it, yeah, because yeah, when you ahead. said, when you said precariat and salariat, proletariat is what came to mind, the, uh, the proletariat. Yeah, Bur uh, bourgeoisie. Yeah, is that right. right. Yeah, okay. yeah, the bourgeoisie. Yeah, uh, yeah. from like back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Soviet communism, socialism. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, my history yeah. is gonna fail me here. So, but yeah, that's what came to mind. Scott's so history this is podcast. A, that's what we're turning into here. <laughs> the so there were this podcast. thing is communism. Back in the time, there were ago. isms, and then two years, people two were years ago. And then fast forward to today. Well, let me just wave my hands a little bit, and then now this is what it is. <laughs> Whatever, I'm going to go read my Dr. Man comics. You leave me alone. Yeah, Dr. Man. Sir, you can't wear a cape in the OR. Watch me. I'm Dr. Man. <laughs> I can't let someone operate on me who is a uh, hiding their identity. I just, it's a personal thing. I really want to see Dr. Man punch someone in the face and have it go pow, and then that knocks them out so he can do surgery on them. He's like, I'm a vigilante in that if I accidentally mess up and kill a patient i can just vanish and nobody can come track right. me down because that's right no I, malpractice uh -huh. insurance for doctor man <laughs> that's his secret power he can kill patients without having to suffer we need doctor man wait a minute this is actually doctor man is highly fraught he killed multiple people and <laughs> yeah but he's a vigilante sometimes he has to kill people but it's, it's okay if like, only there had been okay. a child who had been the victim of a terrible like parent orphaning and not seen that and decided to become the world's best doctor, but instead uh, decided to dress up like a bat and fight crime and punch people instead. That person would fight Dr. Man. So Batman, Bruce Wayne, definitely owner class. Owner class. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Solariat would be like, um, would be like, uh, well, Harvey Dent. Do elected officials fall into the Solariat? I guess so. Yeah, because they have benefits. Yeah, they have yeah, benefits in some of the Paid best healthcare. <laughs> yeah, and I think they only work like four months out of the year usually right like the congress is like in session only like very little time so would this be this could be a thing because it is very it's it's defined by your vocation or by your employment yeah. it's a thing that if you were going to implement it because i always try to think i'm like oh in in an implementation situation how does this work and so i think yeah you would just have to like it would become maybe a a box you check on a tax form or something where you start identifying yeah. i'm in 
the yeah. pre- precariat or the uh, I, solarium. I was thinking it should be initially should be like kind of the way people are like enforcing language change around like trans trans issues, right? People mm-hmm. are like, oh, you should really use the right pronouns, yeah, right? You really, which I completely agree because again, accuracy etiquette, like yeah. it's a great thing. And so um, it's not just like a politics of damage, right? That's like right. a positive form of change in language. So I think we could do the same thing. You know, if you see, if somebody is like saying like, oh, the poor, the poor, the poor, the poor, you can be like, you know, why don't we, why don't we change our verbiage there and just call them the precariat? Cause it's mm-hmm. actually more accurate. The poor makes them sound like they're these like, you know, charcoal covered faces, you know? children with no it's, shoes on you know it's like they're they're people yeah they're, they're part of our society they can vote they're citizens they're you know like it stop, does feel like it removes agency poor. and it becomes yeah. this, this group that needs to be taken care of right, instead of a group right. of individuals with you know yeah, precarious yeah and a precarious and they're in a precarious economic situation uh-huh. and actually given the way america works uh you might end up being in the precariat too someday uh, because you know there's a there's varying levels of economic precariousness mm-hmm. even people in the solariat often feel quite precarious yeah. right they feel like they might lose their home or they feel like they might lose their job mm-hmm. and then even owners you know i've seen i've seen interviews from from a younger bill gates he was already like a billionaire but he was like sweating bullets talking about how he might lose his money it was like get the hell out of here you're going to lose your money you're like a billionaire you know yeah. but even 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 the wealthiest people can can think about things in terms of risk and precarity. So I think to call people the precariat who have more precarious situation is just accurate. It's just like, yeah, they're precariously situated. And then it becomes so clear what to do to help the poor. Make their situation less precarious. Yeah. That's the solution, right? That's basically... So now you don't have to say, oh, we're trying to end poverty. It's like you're just trying to end economic precariousness. Mm-hmm. That's really what we want to get rid of. Which is always, I'm always in favor of lifting the floor, right? Like that right, helps right. everyone. It, right, I mean, right, it may right. not be something you notice right. directly because you might yeah. not be on the floor, which is wonderful, but lifting the floor helps everybody. Yeah. Especially break dancers. <laughs> <laughs> we have to clear the floor first. Clear the floor. Then, then kind of sh- maybe wax it, yeah, shine it, get it all it s- spinny. Yep. And or then- tap dancers. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Economic precariousness. And that also makes it so then people aren't like, it reframes, I I mean, language is so powerful because it reframes then all your conversations about poverty, all your conversations about reform, about Mm -hmm. welfare, about anything. Because you stop saying like, oh, it's entitlements. Oh, it's handouts. Oh, it's, no, it's huge precariousness. We're going to implement something so that precariousness goes away, right? Yeah. Like instead of saying, "Oh, we're just going to give people money, we're going to give people something that they're in," like, yeah, this this idea of entitlements. It's like, no, you know what? You know what Norway says is they say they call Norway the way they frame their their social welfare system is they call it the the land of second chances. So they don't frame it as, "Oh, you get free stuff," or you get, you know, the government's going to shell out for you to get free stuff. They, instead, they say, you know, life is going to throw a bunch of risks at you. Mm-hmm. Some of those aren't going to turn out well, and in this country, we have second chances we you can endure those risks going the wrong way for you in america we just call it the land of one chance right yeah just right like, just like hamilton, if that sometimes hamilton, you're born right? into i'm not gonna the land of no chance shot. yeah no chance depends so, on what zip code you live yeah in, right? right yeah but at hamilton right i'm not gonna miss my shot m&m said the same thing right like you get one Only shot, one shot yeah. and it's kind of like that's america america is the land of one shot and sure, if you get your shot and you the risks turn out in your favor, you can hit it big, maybe. But but if you but everybody else, 
It's just one shot. Right. And that's just not a good way to run a civilization. <laughs> no. <laughs> Multiple shots. Actually, the wealthy get many shots. The wealthy get as many shots. Or I should say, you know, the owners, the wealth. Well, it was the same as the wealthy. Yeah. I well, guess. if you have the resources to keep rolling the dice, you can roll them and that, right. that, that works right, out better right. for you. But if you only have the resources to roll them once, right. oof, that's a, that's a that's high hard. risk thing yeah. and that can turn out bad. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it does help to define this and to kind of make it more empowered. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the proletariat sounds like a thing where it's a group that you need to consider and a group you need to worry about the ramifications of ignoring. And that doesn't like poor doesn't feel like yeah. it has those ramifications anymore. Right, right. That feels like a thing where you're just like, eh, we'll ignore it. And maybe some yeah. people will get to it if they are like kind hearted people and everyone else is like, that'll be on the bottom of the thing because right. those are the, these are the, you know, I'm a person who's trying to deal with my constituents and those people are not the people who are getting my attention as much because right. I'm driven by money. And right, that's right. specifically what's they don't lacking have. in yeah, yeah, the yeah. poor. Right. Yeah. yeah. So in a way you're saying, I'm hearing you too also say that precariat is a way of almost speaking about that group of people in a more powerful way. Politically. I think so. It's like, I oh think shit, don't mess with the precariat. They can show up. They can vote. They can like. They can yeah. do things to, if to make your life a lot harder. Like you're saying, if you're just talking about poor, someone can defend, depending on if it suits the person or not, they can be like, eh, you're not poor. I wouldn't, I'm not talking about you. Or exactly. you are poor. Yeah, I exactly. Oh, you. there's that always that. Around. Yeah, no, you're, you're in the middle class. And or, it's like, no, you know, you're, or you say, you're oh, struggling. I'm trying to help the poor. And then later on down the line, you find out, oh, they meant someone who's not you. Exactly. You thought they it's meant unclear. you. And that, but the, that this happens, is like, defined. And right. this is like. It's categorical uh -huh. one way or the other. There, there are some, I will say there are, I think, as I think about it, and we're talking through it and, you know, we're not experts and we kind of talk things through here and we kind of uncover stuff. There are. Like there are like salariat people who like own their home and they have a, they have a 401k with, you know, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars with stocks mm -hmm. and they then retire. And when they retire, hopefully if you retire, you become an owner, right? Like you live off your 401k, yeah. and then, but then you get your social security, which is basically kind of like saying that's like you're like you're part of an owner of America, Almost right. It's kind of the America citizens dividend, but we only give it to old people, you know. Yeah, it's the it's the idea is you've paid into it right your throughout life. your life, and so now yeah. you're cashing out. But right. the reality is you're taking, you're not getting the exact money you put in. That right. money's already been given out, and it's right. just a right. continual. Thing. So there. So I mean, what I'm trying to say is there's there's members of the salariat who own a home, maybe own two homes. Okay. Right now, when do they become owners? And then the same thing with the precariat, you know, you could be like, I'm in the precariat, but I make, but I'm a, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a consultant uh -huh. and I work gig to gig and I have no benefits, but I make like $350,000 a year. Right. So now you technically right. have no benefits and no days off, no paid days off because you're a consultant, you're paid hourly, but you charge $500 yeah, an hour. It makes up for right. it in that. Yeah. So there's, so there are sort of some gray areas, but I think it's kind of like, what did that judge say about pornography? I know it when I oh, see no, it. When I, yeah. Like if you say, yeah, I make $350,000, I have no benefits. I'm in the precariat. You'd be like, no, you're not. You're clearly not. You know. And if, then if you said like, oh, I, I just, I own my home, but I work every day as a, as a salaried worker and I have a 401k, no one would say you're, the, you're an owner. It's like, no, you're, you're just a salaried person yeah. who has a nest egg. And you own your home. You're yeah. not like I own 50 homes and I rent them all out and I just chill 
at the best one, which is like what an owner does, right? That's like the yeah. way an owner lives their life. Yeah. And you know? you, like if in your scenario, if you're that high making pro precariat, you don't like show up at a meeting with a lot of fast food workers. Right. And, and they're say, talking how do we about make things better. They're yeah. talking about things that concern them. And you're like, and also, what about people that own two houses? Yeah, totally. <laughs> we need to consider those people. That's not, you're not in the right room. Right. You right. know what I mean? And this also frames the unionization efforts better. So when you talk about joining a union, in a lot of cases, you're moving from, like, you're moving into, you're eliminating precarity, mm. precariousness, precarity, precariousness. So, like, economic precariosity? <laughs> So that you can think of, you can reframe economic growth instead of saying we're going to make more stuff, which isn't economic growth, because that's garbage. That's just going to destroy the environment and make everybody's basements full of crap they don't actually need. And you're not trying to just raise GDP because you can like, Raytheon can make a $60 million bomb. The American government can buy it and they can drop it on someone. And that's econo- That's GDP going up. That's insane. Right. But if you say economic growth is reducing economic precar- precariousness, now you've got something. Now you've got something that you can lean in and say, yeah, let's make unlimited economic growth. Let's grow the economy as much as possible. Because when I say grow the economy, I mean reduce economic precariousness. You're strengthening the fiber of the economy. Yeah. And you yeah. can even say, yeah, we're going to reduce economic precariousness. We're going to build, you know, like they just did NASA, that DART system that actually moved an asteroid to, to that could someday be used to prevent an asteroid hitting Earth in a way that's reducing economic precariousness. That should be considered massively like an economic development, I think, because it reduces the precariousness of life, you know, of, of at least human life and or life on the earth. But anyway, so thinking about it, anyways, when we start to change the language, I think it has all these really interesting ramifications. We start to think about the way we're going to create policy differently. We start to think about power differently, the way mm-hmm. you said we actually start to think differently about what it means to be in economic growth. And also, I think we just change our own value of ourselves because a lot of people in America think they're in the middle, think they're in the upper middle class. Have you ever seen this statistic where 70% of Americans think they're in the upper middle class? I have seen, yeah, that <laughs> people think it, yeah. And they're wrong. They're not, you know, because there's only like 20% of Americans are in the upper middle class, right? So, so, but if you said this way and people would actually honestly be able to say, oh, I'm clearly in the precariat. And then they'd have to be like, oh, wow. And now they're going to start having some class solidarity with other people Mm -hmm. in the precariat. Because I have seen that before where they like, they'll give people a blank graph and be like, draw what you think the income distribution in the US is or whatever. And then they show the real one and they're like, whoa, it is way more top heavy. Uh, Like, you know, it's concentrated over here on this one on the wealth side with few people and nobody over on this side has anything to work with. Yeah. There's interesting like solidarity issues with this that come up too. not issues, but I think great things. Like for example, if you just graduated from college and maybe you're like from a solariate family background Mm -hmm. and you go to college and you graduate from college and you're like trying to start your career as a freelance graphic designer. If this language was around and you knew it, you'd be like, I'm in the precariat, which is weird because your whole life you would have grown up as a child in a solariate family. And so you would actually be able to sh- to say and to show whatever what is really known if you look at the if the data now which is that the generation that is alive now is is poorer than the generations before. 
Yeah. Right. And that's exactly that, that if your parents were salaried and now you graduate college and you're a gig worker, that is the class shift of you going down the mm-hmm. class ladder. But if we just say middle class, then you're like, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an aspiring graphic design, a freelance graphic uh, designer. Yeah. I'm probably still in And there, I made right? $40,000 last year. Maybe next year I'll make 60,000. Well, I'm middle, I'm the same class as my parents. I'm a middle class. And it's like, no, you're not right. because you have a huge, you be, you carry a huge amount more economic precariousness. Mm-hmm. If you get sick, if you, if your kid gets sick, if anything happens, you have to bear that burden and you're going to stop working. You're going to stop getting paid. Yeah. You know? So I, I think it really helps to, it brings into reality these things that right now just live in kind of numbers and you hear them and you're like, holy shit, what? Like, oh, that's crazy to hear. But it would bring it into the real world if that's how journalists and and everybody talked about wealth. Yeah. Yeah. And it wouldn't be, there's, I feel like there's just not as big a stigma. Like there's not a stigma to the idea of precariat as there is to like poor or lower class. Right. No one ever wants to say, oh, I'm low class. Oh, I'm a member of the low class. Oh, really? Are you? That seems weird. I don't hear people (laughs) say that. Yeah, no one says that. But, you know, but I'm, I'm a member of the precariat because- I'm a gig worker. Yeah. And I'm proud of it because yeah. I serve your coffee and I clean your house and all that work has dignity, but it is rewarded with this huge precariousness. Yeah. It's rewarded on unequitable. But and 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 we aren't we aren't hiding that fact. We're not right. like pretending like it doesn't exist, which is what is so obnoxious sometimes when everybody understands the reality of something but nobody wants to say it because it's not cool to identify right. it or whatever. That's this this just kind of puts everything on front street, which yeah. I like. This this also, gosh, a whole nother aspect to this that is just coming to me now is like political analysis, right? People say like, oh, the suburbs went for Biden, right? Mm. Oh, the 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 you know, oh the you know, these political analysts are always grasping at ways to sort of slice up the population. And sometimes they do it by income level, right? right? Or they do it by, you know, education level or where they live, you know, suburban, urban, you know, um, rural. But I wonder what would come out of an analysis of did the precariat, who did the precariat vote for? Who did the salariat vote for? And mm-hmm. who did the, who did the owner's vote for and or who did they donate money to, right? Because I feel like the owners would, pay money to exactly, not have that information exactly. about themselves well, revealed. But <laughs> yeah. but ho- that would but, be the fight. Is but wouldn't that be interesting everybody. to say like, oh, the, the battle between Biden and Bernie was absolutely the battle between the precariat and the salariat. Not not the young and the, it was partly the young and the old as well. Uh-huh. But it was but it was mostly, I believe. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me because again, this analysis hasn't been done because this is a new idea that <laughs> yeah. I've never heard anyone say. Yeah, yeah. But I believe that Bernie was a he was the president of the precariat. Oh yeah, I and don't the, think that's a stretch. At least the, or at least the, the way that we're defining the, right. this. Yeah, and then Biden was on the dem in the Democrats, obviously not of the necessarily the Republicans, but I bet even. A bunch of a bunch of independents who a lot of the independents are in the are in the precariat. Mm. I just wonder. Yeah, it would be. In, I don't know exactly, but I wonder what would shake out if 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 a like a Nathan Fielder. No, that's the funny guy. No, the the guy who does the uh, the the stats. Oh, Nate Silver. Nate Silver. Like, yeah. what if Nate Silver got his teeth into this and was like, which you know, let's do this definition. You know, you're you're precariat, you're salary, your owners. Okay, uh-huh. who 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 supports what? That would be really fascinating to me. 
the the most unsurprising detail would be that you know how every every cycle there's sometimes like a billionaire or two that pop into the yeah. race who is like, I'm yeah. funding myself. I'm, I'm not a taking billionaire. Yeah. Like, oh, you're a billionaire. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, that would be the owner. Like the owner's yes, like, the owner. Yeah, we like yeah. Bloomberg for some reason. Yeah, why I don't do know what like it is. <laughs> oh, he's a billionaire. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Sometimes the billionaires are really populous. Like last time there was two. There was that guy who was looked who had like a nice, you know, he had a nice kind of nineteen nineties haircut. And then there was Bloomberg. And even Bloomberg, like I didn't hear rich people backing Bloomberg. That was just Bloomberg backing himself. Was but it but he the other Tom billionaire Steyer? guy. Yeah, Tom Steyer. He yeah. was really like almost like he was almost like a kind of cleaned up Bernie Krat. Like he was like, Yeah, we should make healthcare like more available and yeah, we should like have an industrial plan for the United States. And, he like, had like a friendly he, uncle vibe. Yeah. That I actually like I with. actually liked his politics. I mean, he seemed like a fake. I just he was a faker, you know. What? But in, he just wanted to be president. It was an ego trip. I mean, on know? the on the path to collecting one billion dollars, I just have so many questions. I'm like, <laughs> where are the bodies how buried? Do you, I don't know that you can do that clean. I want to know. Oh my god, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you can't, but I mean, you can't become president of the United States clean either. Oh, right? That's very true. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess Bernie did it, but he did Bernie not become president bizarre. of the United States. Well, you know what I mean. Like, you can't become that close. Sure but maybe Bernie did it some other way. I was like, were you aware of a different election than I was? I don't, yeah, I live in, I'm not I'm aware from of an alternative race. universe. I actually swap with other atoms in other universes through the multiverse portals that we'd use to do this podcast. You haven't been coming up with any of these uh, No, it's always a different atom. You're just atom. getting emails. Every time it's a different atom who shows up and says, hi, hi Scott, oh, I hey. I feel so lied And I just bring right two now. ideas from my universe and I just go back to the other one. <laughs> you're replying this is great he'll never know this isn't my idea I show, up, I show up one time I have an eye patch show up the next time I have only one arm show up the next time I have like you're like, you you're like, like a, is this still you have a crazy Adam? French accent yeah, like ah, where I, I am, am. I, I am still the idea. same Adam. What do you mean? Cook everything in butter and white wine. That is my idea. Patu. I'll be like, there's something different. I just can't, I can't put, put my, my finger, finger on it. What is yeah. going on? Oh, well, let's have this white wine. <laughs> I can't figure out any other angles to think about this language thing, but I think it's important, though, because I, I also think, it, oh, here's the other angle I think about this. This is very important, too, because yeah. a lot of the conversation about political correctness gets a lot of blowback, especially from the, like, the right wing, right? There is, People yeah. are like, ah, don't use blah, blah. Or I'm intentionally not, I'm going to go out of my way not to do right. this. Don't use like, pronoun, blah, or I don't, don't want to do extra work. I'm going to go out of my way to do extra work to not do the extra right. work. I'm going to be I'm deliberately like, incorrect okay. about things. All right. And I mean, I, I, in a way, I can, under, I can understand a lot of that, a lot of that. And I, and I have some patience for it because, you know, it is, it is a little bit, um, I think it's alienating to have like an entire, to feel like, an entire your entire society is like red shifting away from you you know it uh, can feel i think that red in the uh, red shift is from galaxies galaxies move away from each other they turn red anyways that was a little bit of a deep cut <laughs> but I, so i can understand that i can be i i think the political correctness stuff can be really can be really uh like a, a small minority is going crazy about this political correctness stuff and most people are actually kind of just just slowly kind of getting into the know which is like more realistic but I think if you bring that same vehemence and accuracy that these political, the political correct people bring to racial things and immigrant things and, and gender things, right. if you bring it into the wealth and poverty side of things, I think you actually very quickly find solidarity across political campaigns, across political mm -hmm. um, uh, groups. So, for example, if you say to, you know, r you know, rural uh, 
maybe red red state people in Kentucky who who are you know dyed in the cloth Donald Trumps you know Donald Trump and you know they vote for Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump yeah and you say like you know their news their journalists start to say yeah the members of the precariat are doing this and the solaria do this and look at these divisions they're going to like i think they're going to be able to see themselves in those terms and create class solidarity in the precariat and class solidarity in the solarian. There already is class solidarity, by the way, in the owners. The uh, owners oh, have yeah. class solidarity. They go to Davos. They know each other. Right. They're like, we're all the same. We're yeah. all the owners. But there isn't class solidarity in the precariat. They get they get divided up. They get told that you know they're red. They're 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 right wing precariat, and then this is the left wing precariat. And so long as those groups don't understand that they actually all share the same class identity as being economically precariously positioned deliberately by the powerful members of society who've decided to make our society into this sort of precarious uh, one shot one. You only have one shot society. You better anyone can, anyone can succeed, but you better do it on your first try or else there's, unless you're super rich, then you can have as many you or know, or you're very patient or very lucky and dice. you want right. to wait for it to happen again. You right, know? right. But, but yeah, so so I think there's if we bring this kind of language and the, the correctness and the vehemence with which we push the stuff about race and gender, which is which I think is great mm-hmm. because it's accurate and it and I think you know it's it's it has a lot of really good strengths. If we bring that same kind of vehemence to economic discussions and economic verbiage, I really wonder if that couldn't be a lot more I think it could run like a flywheel that would like push things uh-huh rather than be just like another sticking point yeah and and it know? can it can be part of the messaging and be like oh the term poor is outdated yeah just, just stop it's using outdated. it that's stop. wrong yeah just stop saying poor it's not good it doesn't work right. well it's and same, it's outdated yeah. and it makes people and it's feel incorrect bad. and it makes people else. feel bad it's all yeah. this, it's all the same things why you don't say legal immigrant don't say illegal immigrant because right. it makes people feel bad. It's incorrect. It's wrong. It's, it's just a bad it's term. Just a it bad, doesn't it's function. Old. Just stop. <laughs> say undocumented, you know, or an undocumented person. Um, just say precariat. Just say salariate. Or I'm open to there being other words. I don't know. Maybe precariat salariate sound too freaking weird to, to use. But let's come up with a better correct language for 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 how our society works and yeah. who, what actually are people's economic circumstances. Let's, let's draw more sensible divisions and right. ones that can be defined and yeah. not these vague things yeah. that don't really mean It'll anything. Link, let people uh-huh. make sense of their lives. It'll make people make sense better of society. And I think it'll create more class solidarity, which will lead to a more equitable and, and safer. When I say safe, I mean less precarious. Yeah. Safety should really be our goal, actually. Safety. That really should be the goal of, I think, all of society should be safety. Well, precarious, I think, of someone on the edge of something and they could fall off. Yeah, that's not safe. And yeah. that's not what you want somebody, you want people feeling safe. Yeah, you know? safety society. Let's do it. Let's build a safety society. Yeah. Safe for us emotionally, safe for us physically, safe for us economically. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I think we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, this has been good. It's getting pretty dark here out on, the, out on the... This has been good. We're outside in a new spot and we are... That's a... I feel like that's a nice sunset. Just got to see the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Well, for all of you out there in the precariat, the solariat, and those, those, those owners. Thanks everyone. Bless your hearts. Bless your hearts. Yep. Everybody, one and all. And until next time. Take care. Bye-bye.
Hey there, thanks for listening to that episode of Solutions from the Multiverse. Yeah, we're back with a little after roll. Hello. Hey, after roll. Roll that after roll. So basically, <laughs> we want you to subscribe yeah, and rate and review and tell someone, like take your favorite solution and send it to someone who, who you think would, it would like blow their mind to hear it. Yeah, we love making the show. We're proud of it. And we're excited. We want other people to show. We know that the main way people find podcasts is word of mouth. I know that's true for me. I listen to my friends who also listen to podcasts tell me about ones and I go, okay, I'm cluing into that. So we want to be part of that chain. So thanks for being a part of Solutions. Yeah. Thanks for joining us and uh, we'll see you again real soon. Bye. Bye.